Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, episode 19, the first podcast of 2018, and we enter the gauntlet. Jacksonville Jaguars bring a regular season record of 10-6 and to Heinz Stadium to meet the 13-3 Pittsburgh football team Steelers at 105 this Sunday afternoon for the AFC Divisional Round. Uh, having come off a sound thrashing of the Buffalo Bills, who themselves absent from the playoffs since 1999, uh, the Jaguars come off with an impressive 10-3 to win. So this is Tom coming to you from the balmy environs outside Washington, D.C., and Nick at the Southern Outpost. Nick, what's the weather like down in Houston? It's uh, balmy 60. Ow. Oh, maybe the yeah. maybe our northern fans don't want to hear that kind of talk. Yeah, it's, it's tough down here, I'm telling you. But it weakened the Texans. I mean, they just they couldn't play. they got to have that dome. Stadium. Yeah, they need to have the dome. I don't know. They're not ready for the weather. Just like I don't think the Jacksonville Jaguars are ready, ready for the weather. And I think obviously you guys can tell Big Tom is being a little sarcastic with his um, analysis of the thrashing that the Jaguars had against the Bills, being that it was probably one of the most unimpressive playoff wins you could ever imagine with them mustering 10 points with their quarterback playing like some sort of science experiment like an android that still has kinks in it that i mean it's a he's a football robot program to choke so that was blake bortles last week that being said the jaguars and their super talented defense they're super cocky and rightfully so defense come back in a heinz field which is pretty much where they got their role on this year that's kind of their signature win and after the steelers I think probably gave them some confidence going later in the season they feel pretty confident coming in but i think the steelers feel even more confident I don't know how they do that. I was just looking at the Jaguar drives. Their average drive lasted five plays that game and uh, yielded yeah. 20 yards. That That's okay. Even against our defense, I'm feeling confident. <laughs> Not good. Right. So I've kind of changed my tune on the Jaguar. I was nervous about the Jaguars the whole season. We pointed out, if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, that after the horrific Ben five interception game lost to the Jaguars earlier in the season, that it wasn't really that far apart of a game and it was actually almost the first game where the Steelers offense started clicking then the turnovers and especially since there were pick sixes kind of changed the environment of the entire game the Steelers moved the ball up and down on them uh, AB had over 150 yards receiving the Steelers were up in the third quarter like halfway through the qu- third quarter Steelers were up nine to seven so that game was a tremendous fluke honestly it was now that being said it doesn't mean Jacksonville can't win this game because they're probably one of two defenses in the whole league who can maybe match up athletically and personnel-wise. 
with the Steelers, maybe the Vikings being the other one. So if you look at what uh, Bortles did against us last time, it was eight for 14, he did better than he did against the Bills against us, 95 yards, no touchdowns and an interception. Even with that, they were able to get up 30, 30 points, basically on the back of a long Leonard Fournette touchdown. Uh, he had two that game, but the 90 yard was just icing on the cake. Yeah, and obviously the pick sixes. I mean, Bortles was even worse last week in a home playoff game where he actually rushed for more yards than he threw for. Again, didn't get to 100 yards. So that's kind of a good segue into the next point. Well, I we will get into the Jacksonville defense later in the podcast because they're the real deal. They are fast as hell. They have two all-pro cornerbacks, incredibly fast, middle linebackers, good safety, playmakers at every level, okay? But let's get into the reason why they don't just put ice into my heart, and that's because of the Bortles, man. Blake Bortles is Deshaun Kaiser part two. So we talked last week about hashtag fake quarterback, just big, bumbling sort of athlete dudes who get thrown into a quarterback position at some point. Somebody said like, hey, this guy could be Ben Roethlisberger, and somebody believed him, and he's still throwing. If you watch that Bills game last week, or a couple of days ago, which I hope you didn't, because it was like, it was, it, it was like, it was not time well spent. No, it wasn't. But the guy, just like Kaiser, how we saw him a couple of weeks ago, he throws an inexplicable number of passes just into the dirt. He's got wide open guys. He has terrible mechanics, which caused him to miss a lot of different throws. And if they had anyone even competent as a quarterback, they'd be maybe the scariest team in the playoffs. Now, that being said, I started getting a little bit more nervous as the season went on when people were pointing out that he actually played some good games. He threw a couple, like two or three touchdown passes against the Seahawks and a couple of other teams. He started making some plays. But if you go back and you look at that, look at every game that teams play against Blake Bortles, and they are downright disrespectful to this guy. They load the box with seven or eight players every time, only leaving three or four guys in the secondary and basically saying, so there were some occasions later in the seasons against some really bad defenses where Bortles did do the most basic element of his job and hit some of the wide open guys downfield, sort of like what we saw Kaiser do. So regardless, I mean, the guy is not a threat. And we'll we'll talk a little bit more about it later, but they, they don't really have talented wide receivers on the outside. Granted, a lot of random no-name wide receivers have caught long touchdowns against the Steelers this year. Just that Gonzalez dude a couple weeks ago for the Browns, never heard of the guy. It's, it's happened. Rashard Matthews for the Titans. But that being said, this guy is inept, and it really showed in that Bills game. And, and man, it's just hard for me. Like, if the Steelers score any type of points here, which I expect they will— to ask Bortles to go to the air and compete with that, it's just something they don't have the personnel to do. So we've, if we flip the field and we're going to talk about Jacksonville's defense, starting with the rushing defense. Uh, if you look at their overall totals for the regular season, really they rank 21st in rushing defense, giving up um, 116 yards a game, more than the Steelers who are giving up about 106. Yeah, there's different metrics that you can check for it. A lot of people actually have them ranked closer to 29th and 26th, and some people even have them ranked at 31st. But I think the reason why we wanted to talk about the run defense first is because everyone knows how awesome the pass defense is, both with the corners and the safeties, the linebackers who can cover, and then their ability to get pressure with their stud 
defensive linemen. But the run defense is perceived as a big weakness of theirs, although it really has improved over the season. They still just suffered from some numbers earlier in the year. Um, so their last couple games, they held Shady McCoy from the Bills. for He had 19 carries for 75 yards. Derrick Henry of the Titans had 28 carries for 51 yards. That's 1.8 yards per carry. And then the game before that, Carlos Hyde from San Francisco, 21 for 54, 2.6 yards a carry. So they've battened down the hatches recently, but at the same time, they haven't played a, a really good run attack, and they haven't faced anyone close to the level of uh, Le'Veon Bell. So, oh, but, but it was interesting. Le'Veon, Le'Veon only got the ball 15 times in that game. He ran for 47 right. yards. And that's the whole key behind that. that so the the Steelers had to abandon the run completely, and they became one-dimensional. And then that's why I think you had a couple extra interceptions tacked on there at the end because some quarterbacks might still play it safe when they realize the game's almost getting out of hand. Ben's going to still try and win the game. He's going to sling it around. But our inability to stay balanced last game was what really did us in because they yeah, have such was a no great reason. pass rush. But there was no – there was no reason to panic at that point and go to the pass. I mean, Ben Ben passed the ball fifty five times in that game. Le'Veon didn't have the. We were, as you pointed out, we were up through the third quarter, and yet Le'Veon got the ball fifteen times. It's not as if we fell behind and were trying to catch up. It was just mystifying. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think that the Steelers were moving the ball very effectively with a mix of run and pass. You got to assume if you're midway through the third quarter and you don't throw those interceptions at the end, Le'Veon's probably going to get at least another five carries, right? And then he would have been looking... He had 10 receptions, by the way. So he already had 25 touches, which is about his average. Probably would have got another five ki- another five touches if that fourth quarter wasn't such a disaster. I mean, at least. So we would have gotten there. But that is... It's still... It's not as locked down, their run defense, as their pass defense. It's kind of middle of the pack, even though they have some some talent. I just think that their linebackers, it's similar to a Shazier situation. They have really unbelievably fast linebackers, but they're a little bit small, so you can kind of maul them. And I think the Bills had some success doing that last week. So the Steelers could have some success running it, for sure. Especially so, with Le'Veon Bell getting the two and a half weeks off that he's been out for. Right, and I, I'd like to see I'd like to see those establish uh, a run game. And I, I was just looking at the statistics for the last game, and Antonio had ten receptions for 157 yards. That's great, yeah. except he was targeted 19 times. Forty nine yeah, I mean, of those forty nine of those yards came on one play. So really, nine for a hundred about a hundred yards, hundred ten. Well, yards. You, so well, you can't just take away the. You can't just subtract that. No, I'm just talking about was it accurate? Was the defense? I mean, the the Jaguars defended 12 passes, had 12 passes defended. I mean, to buttress your point, as it were, supporting your argument about the defensive uh, pass talents. Excellent, Jaguars (laughs) pass talents. No, you're absolutely right. Their pass defense is unbelievable, and that's what scared me earlier in the year about them. Even though, like I said before, I knew that game was a fluke. It's not like a one in a million type thing, but it was the game. The score didn't really reveal what the story was. That's what I mean by the fluke. But AB, yeah, 10 for 157 on 19 targets. He also had a, a, a great 40 plus yard touchdown call back in the fourth quarter to really a BS holding call into Castro. So he kind of had his way out there. Now, I do, I think of the Jaguars, 
the same way I thought of Richard Sherman a couple years ago with with AB or when Xavier Rhodes from the Vikings played them. It's like, listen, they're going to do a better job than everybody else against AB. But he's you can't stop him completely. He's too good. The rules favor us too much, and his quarterback is too good with Ben. So hopefully, you know, we've seen all the amazing videos of AB working out. He was at practice today. He's looking good. Hopefully he's out there and he can help. But so why don't we we, we kind of already have moved into the past D. Um, the main story, everybody knows it. Unbelievable corners. the Probably the best corner in the league in Ramsey and a top five or six corner and probably top four in Bouye since he made all pro second team as well. Church and Gibson as the safeties. They're just loaded. And then they have the ability to rush the passer with just four guys, with defensive linemen. Now the thing is, they have been carved up a few times this year. And it's usually by offensive coordinators that are creative and from balanced attacks. So Kyle Shanahan and the and the 49ers really took just absolutely dominated every second of that game when they played a few weeks ago. And that's why I actually like this matchup for the Steelers. Because nobody has as much offensive variety as the Pittsburgh Steelers do. And I think that they will be able to take advantage of that unless, you know, we hopefully won't get some turnovers on offense. And then you put yourself in a situation where they get to pin their ears back and rush the passer and have those awesome secondary guys just, you know, they know that the ball's coming every time. So that's a little preview to one of my keys to the game. You want to go to keys to the game? No, but I just wanted a, a foreshadowing back to my point about Le'Veon running the ball 15 times. But anyway, I digress. Right, right. I got it. So well, what? Yeah, screw it. Let's go to the keys of the game. Keys I, of the I game. Could kinda, I could beat that defense stuff into the ground over and over again. <laughs> but you're um, right. That balanced offense is a big one because that's it's shown that, I mean, this is a great defense that they have. Originally, it was kind of looking like they were an all-time great defense with the numbers they were putting up and where they rank in the NFL and just the overall talent. But they've gotten exposed a few times in ways that, you know, that – Seattle Seahawks defense did not get exposed, you know, when they were in their Super Bowl run, an all-time great defense, or the the no-fly zone in Denver, which was only exposed by Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers. So if you maintain the balance, then you're going to be able to move the ball on them. Although I don't know if you're going to, you know, erupt. It's like a take, since we're talking about rushing the ball, I am talking about rushing the ball. Just a little factoid. I looked at the rush directions for Leonard Fournette for the regular season. He is strongest on the left side, averaging about 10 yards a carry. Do you know that running to the right side, he has negative 31 yards? Jeez, are you serious? Yeah. So is that he's kind of possible. He's about 100 times up the middle, 80, side, 80 to the left, 80 to the right. Yeah. Check it. All right. Batting down the hatches, T.J. Watt and that side of the defense because they're going to be coming at you. Well, they, Man, the Steelers I, I, did have some pretty unique defensive formations in the middle of the season where T.J. was for, was setting up almost like a middle linebacker. So I wonder if they just fortified that side of the line. Those you are the things and, I really think that Keith Butler has to avoid in this game. And watching other teams play against him and specifically watching the Bills just load the box with eight guys in every play – Keith Butler, like we've said before, he gets cute with these little stunts and guys circling in and out of holes. If you watch the the Jacksonville offense, their scheme is even a middle school scheme. They don't use a lot of formations. They usually like to have, you know, like a tw- like a 
They do a lot of 22 person, 21 personnel, so two tight ends and one running back. They often have a fullback, usually only, you know, two receivers out there, probably more than other teams. And if you just watch them play, you see all the defensive coordinators load that box and they just they don't let them pound you like that. And if you get cute and you do a little stunt or something, then the 90-yard touchdown happens because Leonard Fournette is a huge man-child Adonis god titan man but he's also super fast so you can't get cute you just need to line right up with them and stuff the run and make boros try and beat you so it distracted us from keys of the game so we went from balanced offense uh, i think you just mentioned load the box do what's obvious yep. yeah make Bortles beat you third key to the game uh hearkening back to the last loss we need to win the turnover battle yeah, I think that's the only way Jacksonville can win this, if they win the turnover battle and maybe even set up some super short fields or score on defense. But I think that, you know, the Steelers know what to expect this time around, and they've been good moving the ball on everybody. I have, I have confidence in that. And uh, that, that, to me, just that's the only way that they have a chance. So fourth key to the game, no 50-yard touchdown passes or runs. Yeah, so that's no the other place. We let those up to everybody. You can't just get them freebies. You got to make Blake Bortles in this not very talented Jacksonville offense, except for Leonard Fournette, you got to make them sustain long drives. Like you said before, their, their drives were an average of five plays the last time we played. Now, I am pretty nervous based on the last few weeks based on the, the run defense because – a lot of people have been running on the Steelers. I think that Jacksonville may even have a little bit more success than they had last time. But this game is basically juggernaut versus juggernaut when the Steelers' offense is on the field, playing against that great defense in Jacksonville. And then just two crappy units in the Steelers' defense and the Jacksonville offense. But I think that the Jacksonville offense is even worse than the Steelers' defense. So you can't just give up these damn miscommunication plays where, like to Josh Gordon the other week when they fake a reverse and they only put one guy out in a route and they get these long bombs. And you, you can't give it to him free. You got to make Blake Bortles drive the ball down the field because he can't do it. Six K to the game, score from the red zone. If you looked at the last game, the Steelers got to the Jacksonville 11 field goal. Jacksonville 16 field goal. Jacksonville 2 field goal. Yeah, if you even had turned one of those into a touchdown, just one of them, then you would have changed the complexion of the game. Like we just said before, you got to make Jacksonville march down the field. They can't do it. If they, the Steelers were up 9-7 to seven in the third quarter there, if they had even gotten up by 10 points or so, it would have made the Jacksonville Jaguars have to put the ball into the air. So if you can score, you can score early, which obviously you want to do that in every game, but in this one more particularly – you know, if you're a scorer early against Tom Brady, you know he's he's still going to come back. Drew Brees, they're still going to be able to move the ball. If you take – there's only one way that Jacksonville can win games. It's when their defense shuts down other teams. They have to get turnovers and give that offense a short field so they can get their couple field goals and the occasional touchdown. And then by running the ball and not letting Blake Bortles lose the game. I mean, they took the game out of his hands last time. He was lucky that he got – well, he, I guess he did a pretty good job running the ball. <laughs> for almost 80 yards or so, but they that's their only formula. If you get them out of their comfort zone and you make them have to go to a passing offense, he's going to throw the ball into the dirt and he's going to throw the ball to the Steelers. 
So you got to convert in the red zone, particularly early. Put them out of their comfort zone, and Jaguars have no chance. You know, we have a six key to the game. This turns out not to be actual keys to the game. I mean, you have, you get up to six. But anyway, we'll still mention the weather. Right. <laughs> There's a bit of whininess uh, in Jacksonville about uh, temperature. There is. They, for all of their guys, they're Florida guys. Where is Bortles from? UCF or one of those Florida schools? Obviously, Fournette from uh, LSU. Coldest game he's ever played in was like 30 degrees at Arkansas. Jalen Ramsey, another Florida guy. They, um, they've been caught on record before ta- whining about how much they don't like playing in the cold. Now, they're professional athletes, and particularly Leonard Fournette, who, as I mentioned before, is a superhero. I think he'll figure it out as he goes. But for someone as mentally weak as Blake Boros, and I will continue just crapping all over him because the Steelers losing to him in the playoffs would be an absolute abomination. But that dude was freaking out in the first round play- in a wild card game at home last week, throwing stuff in the dirt. His hands are going to be cold face only red i like it so we're adding a new segment to the show something originally called well it's an original name called prediction we haven't done this in the past because i think they're totally meaningless it's impossible to make a prediction but it'll be fine it'll be a little bit of fun uh why don't you put a little check back on it well, we, and we usually don't do them because we don't get to do preview episodes. So it's kind of fun getting to do a preview one. Hopefully yeah. in the future, we'll be able to move up to two episodes a week. But right now, the schedule is, is just too hectic to be able to do it. So give us some feedback on that. Tweet at us, you know, at Steelers Outpost. Send it to SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Whatever. Uh, if you guys would like to hear it too. But uh, just to let you know, it's not going to happen this week or next week. But uh, next season will be something we're looking into. So what are you calling it? I'm calling Steelers 24, Jaguars 13. I think that this this Jacksonville defense is so awesome. Like I said before, you know my key to the game, the only way that they can win. I don't think the Steelers are going to light them up and put 30 points on them. They're just so talented. But I do, you know, I do see the Steelers scoring because I think that they can score on any defense in the NFL right now. Well, if they can score once, they can score four times. I'm giving the Steelers 31, Jaguars 7. Yeah. And Homer that's pick two- of the day. That's on two safeties and a field goal, by the way. I'm calling it a nice. bank shot. <laughs> well, listen, it sounds crazy. It might sound a little – oh, sorry, guys. That's my laundry. Uh, it might sound a little homerish to make that prediction, but honestly, I don't think it's that outlandish. Um, we know that the Steelers hardly ever blow out people, but like I said, if you can get up early, I could see the Steelers dominating them. Now, that that defense is very proud and just so freaking talented. I don't know if I see it being a blowout like that. But it's not out of the realm of possibility. So, uh, like Nick mentioned, communicate with us. Give us your prediction at Steelers Outpost on Twitter. Uh, send us an email, Steelers Outpost at Gmail, or visit the website, SteelersOutpost.com. Leave a comment on the blog. We'd love to hear from you and help improve the show. So, hopefully, we're talking to you again next Monday, looking live at the Steelers Patriots AFC Championship game. Cross your fingers. And hopefully we get another two after that. All right, until next week. Super Bowl celebration. Talk to you next week. Okay, bye-bye.
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. A new year is a new chance to focus on you. You're probably already picturing yourself struggling at the gym, but not all self-help has to mean suffering. Squeeze.com is making it easier than ever to elevate your wellness by delivering a juice cleanse right to your doorstep. It's the easiest juice cleanse you'll ever do that may aid in weight loss, eliminating bloating, clearing your skin, boosting your energy levels, improving sleep, and breaking bad eating habits. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at Squeezed.com.